Hey, Mystic Michaela, spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. I am here with my husband, Scotty. Hey, guys. Scotty, now, I know you don't like to talk about these things, like, in public. Right. But um, we've been experimenting lately. The quarantine has really brought it out in us. Uh-huh. Where you, wait, wait, where, where are you going with this? <laughs> yeah, and I know, like, this is a little risque for you, but we wait wait, 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 wait. Don't say anything that... Wait, I'm not really sure where you're going here. Well, we have started making you watch Outer Banks oh, okay. on Netflix. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about your Amish fetish. I'm not going to do that to you. Okay. I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking the other thing. Oh, no, let us not mention that. Okay. <laughs> no, but we really, we, you know, my 11-year-old Bree and I, we got you to watch Outer Banks on Netflix. We watched one episode. Yeah. And you kind of figured stuff out. Yeah. Or- orically. Well, yes, I did. But before <laughs> I even say that, the yeah. only re- I'm going to say this right now. Okay. The only reason why you got me to watch that is because I'm a sucker for when there's like a uh, location in the name of a show. That is okay. Because I you know, I like different yeah. places. I love North Carolina. North Carolina is one of my favorite states. Right. Um so like Ozark, we were watching Ozark. Yes. You know, so when I see like I'm like, I don't know why I'm such a sucker for it, but when I see like a title like on location, yeah. Like that takes place in a certain area, yeah. I like those kind of yeah. things. So that's the only reason why you got me. Well, and and so in this show there's like pogues. Which are like the poor kids yeah, that are well, locals versus kooks. Uh, yeah. We've only watched one episode, but I think they're the rich kids who are local. I think there's like the kookies. Yeah. And the poogie. Poogies? What yes. The, the poogies and Correct. the poops and the kooks. Yeah, they say pogue like pogue. 4,000. You should do, you could do a drinking game out of every time they say pogue. Right. And or you, see it. And <laughs> it's funny because like. <laughs> be wasted. Just like the other day when we were watching that other movie, The Quiet Place or something. Quiet, yeah. Quieter Place. Um, and you guys were making fun of me. Now we make fun of me because every two seconds I'm like, what did they say? Poogies? Pug, <laughs> like, like pugs? Pogue. Pogue. Pose. But you figured out the, the inauthentic oh, aura thing. Go. Yeah, that was so easy. Yeah. The, the pogies, <laughs> whatever they're called, the poop heads or whatever, um, right. they are definitely um, victim blue. Victim blue. Mm-hmm. And they have inauthentic red. They're always like fighting and, you know, and right. then they think the kooky head, kookers, what are they? Kooks. Kooks. Kooks are, you know, better than them. And yeah, they're, like, majorly insecure. Yeah, yeah, so I think... Yeah, the Pogues have, like, a severe, inauthentic, like, red thing going yes. on because they can't handle, you know, that they feel insecure about being poor or whatever. Right, they're, they're so insecure. We get it. There's so much inauthentic red. So many red. plot holes in, in just episode one. Yes. Um, how, how are they minors? They all look... They don't look like <laughs> high school kids I've seen. Right. My biggest plot hole is... I don't know if anyone's watching the show except for us. Yeah, it could just be us. Uh, I know Netflix always like puts like top rated shows. It was. It's like in the top in the, ten. No, come on, stop. It, it. is. You know, I you never believe that's their that marketing. The top ten. That is their marketing. It tactic. works because I started watching Too Hot to Handle too. Okay, what number was that? I forget. Like it moves every day. I think it was like the like, number one or two. Never, like, okay, the other the other like, you know the movie as good as it gets. I think that was like number one the other day. Like, yeah, like, Sex in the was, City like, too was like yeah, number one. I, I don't believe that. <laughs> You know, like Gremlins, but number I watched one. it. I, I mean, watched Sex on. in the City too. I watch it. I fall for it horribly. You, you fall for it. You know, Welcome but, Back, Cotter. Anyone remember that one? I mean, like, no, no. Scott, don't age yourself. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, anyway, so um, that's yo, our experimental. Yeah. The, oh, the big plot hole. The big plot hole. Oh, big plot hole. Yeah. The first time they go down to find the sink, sunken ship. Oh yeah, we wouldn't. We the guy swims. He gets down there. He gets the key. He has a sandwich. Right. You know. He goes fine. down. Totally one fine. breath. He holds his breath. Gets a hotel key, right. pops right up. Eats a sandwich. And then the <laughs> next time, he has to get like full scuba He's dive equipment. Steal scuba gear from the kooks. Right. Learn how to scuba dive. Nobody knows how to scuba dive because it's a kook sport. They make up with this scenario where he's going to die if he doesn't do it exactly correct. Yeah, like the girl displays an affection for him. Right. And like, why is she like rich her parents just own a crab shack like they like they really have to redefine what's wealthy or whatever like her parents work i don't understand i'm gonna watch episode two yeah we're no we've committed to the 10 episodes but i'm not that happy about it so that's that's what we've been doing during quarantine and yeah it's too hot to handle and i think a lot of people are watching it um just because it's so flippin cringy I can't even, but it's a great distraction. Yeah. So I, I, you know, there's going to be an aura post about this at some point. Oh, okay. I'm not watching that one. Okay, that's fine. I'm well, not going to make you. The other, the other thing that I actually got 
this week while I was, I think it was while we were watching the Pogies. Sure. Um, you know, so, someone wrote to me, and I'm not going to say anyone's name, uh, and, they, and they, you know, people do write to me sometimes. They do. Uh, once in a while. Uh, on Facebook, and they were very scared. They had oh. gotten a psychic reading. I hate that. Yeah. What, psychic reading? Like, I hate when people get scared from psychic <laughs> oh, readings. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. then they come to me, and they're like, I'm scared. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, who, who did you go to? Yeah, so the lady was terrified. The psychic, I don't know who the psychic is, um, you know, said that, you know, she's she's cursed, and, she, and she's got, like, demons, and there's, like, a dark energy that's, like, she's going to be a gateway to a dark energy. Right. And then the psychic proceeded to tell her all these things that would help her not have this dark energy around her and not be a gateway to, like, the darkness and the energies. Right. So, like, like putting, like, uh, some saint's cross on her, you know, chain or something. Right. Like, taking, like, you know, baths with, like, salts and crystals and all, all this nonsense. Yeah. Okay, to me, it's nonsense. So, so you know, I'm, you know <laughs> so here I am, I'm trying to get the story, and she, she tells me the whole story, uh, you know, on, on Facebook. And, you know, and I'm just reading it. And I'm like, this is such. I know you were like talking to her about nonsense. it. Nonsense. Were, but you were saying that to her. Yes. I was yes. telling Because uh, she was like terrified to go to sleep at oh, night. Oh, it's like a therapy. Like you would like gave her therapy. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm like, L- listen, there, there's nobody going to get you. Yeah. There's no demon that's going to crawl into your bed at night. Right. You know, it, there's no like gateway curse that you have on you. It's all BS. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just trying to explain. No, it's nonsense. And, you know, I told her, hey, look, you want to get to bed? Listen to an episode of our podcast and, <laughs> you know, laugh a little bit and you should be fine. But it really brings up a point, and you see this all the time and I see I this do. a lot too, where these uh, psychics, uh, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call them, you know, they, they come up with, the, with this stuff like curses and it, it's terrible. I've, I'll say it. I've said it once. I've said it a hundred times. Just because somebody is intuitive does not mean they have your best interest at heart. If that, you know, like I never recommend psychics or mediums to anybody else. I don't because, and only for one reason. And it's not because I don't believe in it, obviously, or anything else. It's like, I don't know what they're going to say. So I don't want my name attached to any sort of mumbo jumbo that makes you feel cursed. And and I hear that all the time. Curses. I'm cursed. Um, And you can get, they, they take vulnerable people and they scam them. Yeah. And if somebody tells you or has told you in the past that you have a curse on you, they are full of crap. It doesn't matter if they knew other things too. Because what well, they knew all these other things about my, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, their intention is just to get your money yeah. or to make you scared or give you a fear-based reading so that you're invested with your fear. That's ego stuff. Yeah. And my thought with curses is, and, and this is how I see it, and this is what I believe, and this is what I feel to be true um, via my own channeling from spirit, is a lot of people will cling to that excuse if they don't want to deal with the personal responsibility of their life. So, for example, like, I mean, and, and this happens, like, somebody's, like, in love with somebody and, you know, and it never works out for them, love never works out for them, and I saw a psychic and she told me I was cursed, and if I pay her this much money, she'll remove the curse that this ex-girlfriend from, you know, 12 years ago, my boyfriend's ex-girlfriend put on me, um, and, 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 and then I'll, no, the reason why you're single is because you got to look at other things in your life, you know, to, to work on, which aren't fun to look at. It would be so much easier, honestly, if we could lift curses off of people, but really it involves like a lot of like growth and spiritual journeying and all this stuff that's like annoying to do, but we have to do it. And that's my, that's my rant about it. it, it, it and it's all, it, thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. I've told people do not. Give that person that money. They are bullshit artists. (laughs) And here's the thing. I'm actually going to start a business, another business off of this business. (laughs) And basically what I want, you know, if our listeners would come to me, like if someone, you know, psychic says, hey, I'm going to remove your curse for let's say like two grand or whatever. You come to me and I will logically tell you why. You don't need to spend that two grand. And then, like, you give me, like, 2% of, like, what you were going to spend. Yeah, because, like, yeah. these people were, like, give me – okay, here's one I heard. Ready? Yeah. Somebody – and this – I've heard this more than once. Somebody was, like, okay, um, it's always, like, love. Like, my twin flame um, will come around to me if, you know, the psychic can do a spell, but she needs to get this crystal imported from some random country fill-in-the-blank, and it costs – 
you know, $1,300. You have to wire it to me so she can get the crystal. And if she gets the crystal, she can remove the curse and then refund me once it's there. Okay. I hear that all That's the time. Crazy. And well, people believe it because they knew other things about their life. Yeah. Well, I made a, I kind of made some things. I, I, you know, I did some research on, oh, on this. I love and, when you and do and the I, research. Uh, and I kind of compiled a list of like, you know, how to spot a fake psychic. Okay. Um, maybe, you know, not, someone you shouldn't go to. They don't have your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. And here, here it is. Okay. So the first one is, we, I know we talked about this in previous episodes of past lives. Uh, never go to a psychic that claims you are, and this is funny because if you, if they claim that you're like Marie Antoinette or that Marlon Brando, you know, the famous <laughs> actor who like ate himself to death, um, they, that's not true. Like they're telling you, they're, they're, <laughs> you know, I know your mom is Anne Frank and I yes. joke about this all the time. That one's true. But other than that, you know, if a psychic's telling you you had this like crazy past life, it's probably false. Yeah. Okay. That was they're the going after your ego. Yeah. Um, the other one, another one I had was, you know, black magic Mm. spells. Um, these are all fear tactics, like you said, and they're basically the, the fear is what's going to get you to go and have more sessions. Uh, so if someone's telling you, you need to come back for another session, like next week or the week after and keep coming back for sessions, it's not true. Yeah. I mean, I know you like to spread out your session. Like if someone, you know, now it's impossible because you have like a year and a half wait, but before in the past, like, people wanted to come like every week and you tell them, no, no, you, yeah. you don't need to see me no. every week. We have to let things sit in. You have to let things set, set in, right? Yeah. You got to pace it out. So a lot of fear tactics. Yeah. Uh, cursed. You said cursed. Like there's a dark cloud on you, dark energies. Attachments. Attachments. Those are all phony yeah. nonsense. Somebody's using another psychic to, to attack you with negative energy. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Here's nonsense. another one. Uh, psychics that, you know, you're doing your grocery shopping and then a psychic comes up to you and says this about you and then gives you their card. Mm-hmm. That's BS. Yeah. That's how they market. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them will just speak in generalities. They're just giving you a cold reading. They're just looking you up and down, and they're 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 smart at that. They can say, "Oh, okay, she's got a uh, a Gucci purse. Oh, maybe she's got money. You know, things yeah. like that. Look out for those. Um, lucky charms, selling you charms, anything like that, telling you that you're going to win the lottery. Now, I know this one firsthand. Oh my God, you've been trying to get me to tell you lottery numbers right. for years. If, if any psychic could be pushed into doing it, it would have been me. Because yeah. Scott, you've been trying to do this. You don't even know, you didn't know what the point of this yeah. gift was for a long time yeah. if I couldn't win you the lottery. And I was like, it doesn't really work that way <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah, so I've given up on that one. So <laughs> you have. If any psychic tells you they're going to win the lottery, uh-huh. not true. Don't call those psychic hotlines. It's just a waste of money. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, you know, again, we're, we're here to save you some money. We're today. trying to save you money. That's what I'm really trying and to And energy do. and heartbreak. But I want to tell a little, you know, now that we've actually talked about this. Okay. And I'm going to play the devil devil's advocate for a second here. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to tell a little story. Oh. I wasn't planning on telling a story, but I'm going to tell this story. Okay. All right. So back, picture it. Mm. Me back in high school, Ralph Macchio. Okay. Okay. There was this girl named, should we use name? Hey, first name. Nicole. I I'm sure. Okay. Fine. Okay. And we had like a friends group and everybody liked her. Yeah. Okay. And she, you know, so, you know, I guess including myself. Right. But she... You know, I guess, you know, kind of rejected me or whatever. Oh, that's so mean. Right. I don't even know if I tried. But anyway, <laughs> so me and this other guy in the group named Keith, man, I hope they're not listening, um, they're <laughs> decided to go to the library, the school library, and get spell books. Really? Yes. Is this true? I kid you not. I believe it. Okay. Because you're kind of, mag- yes. you do have magical yeah. thinking. So we got, we, we took out like five or six spell books. <laughs> Okay. All on my, and also on my library card. Okay. My library card. Just that, that's going to be important. Okay. Okay. Now, this, now I have to say, you know, like, I'm not saying I'm Brad Pitt. You know, he looked really good on the HDTV show the other day. He did. He did, right? right? I mean, you know, even how, I can say it. I'm a straight we, man. You were a straight man, and we I saw him fall, on the yeah. HDTV celebrity IOU Brad Pitt, and, and we looked up as if he's 56, dude. Wow, he looks good. All right. I mean, I know I'm a sucker for the Amish, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's go. But okay, this guy, Keith. He was like dirty. Okay. Ugly. So you knew you were going to, you know, you could yeah. win that. Yeah. Like there was like, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not winning a lot of battles, but I'm winning that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, he smelled dirty, <laughs> greasy hair. It sounds like someone you'd be friends Yeah. With. Oh, he's a great guy. He was a great guy. Um, <laughs> and anyway, he was helping me to put the spells on her 
to like you know to get her to so screwed up yeah. you just told us that these people are horrible and you were like love spelling this girl right okay. okay so anyway so i was doing the thing it didn't work for me did you do anything creepy did you get her hair i don't did yeah you... we probably, what i don't know what we did scott this but, like major red but flags. here's the thing he was like the buddy okay that was like guiding me on the way you know like in those oh, like okay. love movies the buddy guy oh, he was a buddy guy no. and you know so somewhere along the way mm-hmm. he must have Kind of fell for her too. Sure, yeah. Okay. So there, you know. So it didn't work for me. So then, like a few weeks later, all of a sudden, she's with this guy. Stop it! The ugly guy, smelly, the Keith. smelly guy with the smelly Keith. Oh no! Okay, yeah. And like every everyone in the friend group was like, "What?" Like we couldn't understand it. Like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. So then I get a notice in the mail. That the library books are, I forgot all about it. And I get this notice in the mail, the library books yeah, are Did dumb. your mom get that first? Probably. Yeah, yeah, she did, probably. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, where are they? And I remember they were at his house. So I kept asking him for the books. Yeah. He refused to give me the books back. <gasps> he would <laughs> give me the books. He was using them. That's what I'm saying. Like, her. I believe he had, there's no other. So after this whole and spiel, I, it works. And this goes against all that we've been talking about. <laughs> but I think he must have used the love spells on her. Because there's no way I could have lost out to that guy, or anyone could have lost out to that guy, right? Unless you're talking about. Is she the still spells. with him? No. They oh, okay, out. they broke up. Yeah, How long were they together for? I don't remember. Did you ever get the books back? I don't think I ever got the books back. I think I actually, you know what? One time I had to break into his car. You did? Yeah, it was open. <laughs> I just opened the door. <laughs> You made that sound way dramatic. Yeah. And, and the books were just sitting there in the back seat. And and I just, just took like, them out. Screw you, Keith. Yeah. I took them out and I returned them. <laughs> really. Did you throw like a like a dead fish in the back seat instead? Very anticlimactic. <laughs> but yeah, that was it. Yeah, I mean so, I don't think who knows? I don't think you're human if you haven't tried a love spell once in your life. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Like at all. Right. I feel like you know, yeah, like it, at some point in your life you've tried it. It's just don't pay anybody to do no, it. No, don't. Okay? And, like, and, if you want to go try it yourself, you know, go no. at it. And most likely, it was all about, like, pheromones, and they, like, like somehow. But, um, <laughs> and nothing to do with that. But, who, you know, you never know. I don't know. know. I sense some rejection issues still from it. Yeah. And, you want to talk yeah. about it? <laughs> well, joke's on her. She lives, probably a shack in Kentucky. Well, I have a crazy story, and I wasn't oh, planning on oh, telling this. Oh, here we go. I was in middle school. And I was, like, in love with this boy named Steven. Ooh. I was, like, in love with him. You like S names. I do. Oh. I was, and you know what? Your name was Steven on AOL Instant Messenger. Interesting. Weird. Maybe, Anyways. Maybe you thought it was him. But it was honestly just, it, I didn't. Yeah. It was, this was, like, a seventh grade situation. We're not twin flames. I was in love. I was, like, oh, my God, I love him. Oh, my God. And, like, my girlfriend was, like, oh, you just this. And then I was all quiet and shy and stuff like that. And I would pray good catholic girl i didn't do love spells i just prayed a lot i would pray so hard i prayed so hard that when i went to the so pathetic this story that i went to the dance that he would ask me to dance with him i prayed so hard and you know like it's a seventh grade dance but oh it's in buffalo so this is important so i had like a winter jacket on that you put on a hook before you went into the dance because it's buffalo and it's always cold okay so put my hook on, went into the dance, you know, boys on one side, girls on the other. Nobody asked me to dance the whole night. So sad, poor Maggie. Then I get my jacket and I go home and I look in the pocket and in my jacket is a cross and a feather and what else? A cross and a feather and a a penny and a penny. And I'm like, oh my God, they like, I've, my prayers have been answered. Like I, like I prayed so hard and then I answered, the prayers were answered. Then Upon further inspection, at the next dance I went to, I put my coat on the hook. I never took those things out of my pocket because I felt like they were my lucky charms or whatever. And I put the the coat on the hook and I went to the dance. And again, nothing happened for poor seventh grade Megan. And I picked up the coat on the way out. And then I realized something. I had taken the wrong coat at the first dance and picked up an identical coat with those things in it. Was it Steve's coat? And No, and it was a oh. women's jacket. And found my actual coat the second time I went to the dance, which had nothing in it. That's weird. Isn't that crazy? So I, for like whatever that, like several weeks, I had been wearing someone else's coat thinking it was mine. And then I realized like at the dance, I had just switched coats the whole time. Huh. Isn't that weird? That's weird. I know. And in better news for you, yeah, I think you told me this, that Steve actually was... You know, he had venereal disease. So, 
It was actually good that he didn't. In seventh grade? Yeah, in seventh grade. <laughs> A little, little case of the syphilis. Um, so it's good that you didn't, you know, get together. Yeah, but I so. think we all do those things, but just don't pay anybody to do it. Yeah, please don't. All, <laughs> all right, right. So what are we doing today? All right. So I think we're, you, you, we have a guest. I, we do. So I have a guest. Um, her name is Danielle Druin and she is from Love is Blind. And we're going to talk about her experience on that highly popular Netflix show. Ranked number one. Yeah, it number really one. was for a long time. Yeah, I could not. I did not watch it. I refused to watch it. Yeah. I thought it was weird. These people were going into like tripods or something. Yeah, pods. They dated in pods for like, I don't know, I'm going to ask her about the experience, but it looked like long, long times. And they got, without even seeing one another, they fell in love and got engaged. Did they keep them in the pods for like a 24 hour period? No, they could leave because they had like a little apartment and then they would go on pod, these pods to date. Okay. And they would talk to each other through like, just like a screen. Like right. glass or something. So they were like, yeah, separated Did, by like And a they would screen. like, like a waiter would bring in food? I, you know, I should, like for a date? I, I should be, I should ask about that. You know, okay. like how'd you eat and stuff. Right, in the but pod. But I think they took breaks and stuff. But they, huh. so they actually, it, it worked. It did. It worked. People fell in actual love really? on this show. Well, I mean, I think it, like compared to like how The Bachelor does it. Yes. That probably is like a little bit more. Moral? Moral? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I mean, at least you have like whatever. I don't know how many people you have, but let's say it was 10 guys and 10 females. So I think it was something like that. Yeah. An odd number or something. But the Bachelor. No, it was the same. I mean, it was the, even. Yeah. Like, I think. Like yeah. The, like the Bachelor puts the women's rights movement back many, many I decades. Know. That's what makes it such an interesting show to watch. Scott. Oh, it's terrible. Well, next we're having the Bachelorette, like when they finally do come out with it. Right. And, oh, okay. And I mean, so a, like they, they even the scales. That way is a little bit better because, you know, I don't know. I, I, I. It's weird. You, feel, you always feel bad for the women. I know when yeah. you watch The Bachelor, yeah. you're like these poor girls. And right. you always say like the same things like, I hope they have therapy after. And because <laughs> yeah. you, I mean, they get so into it and then and, they're so rejected. Right. And, and then they take like all these like 20-year-old girls. I know we're getting way off topic here. Yeah, we but are. They take all these like 20-year-old girls and then they put a guy like Pilot Pete who has windmill on his mind. and <laughs> Windmill on his mind. You know, <laughs> and then he's in a power position because he's the bachelor I and they all... I feel like because we're parents, we get like really stressed out They all want to sell their HelloFresh and their boxes, so... HelloFresh. So they're going to so they're gonna <laughs> do it with Pilot Pete in the windmill and, yeah, you know... They're and gonna, then like if nobody... If like if you're like Madison and you don't want to do windmill, like everyone mm-hmm. shames you, like you know what right. you signed up it's, for. I mean, Chris Harrison... <laughs> I mean, honestly, your, your show is horrible. Scott, uh, it's no, not his no. show. It's actually on... Uh, Hannah Brown's show. Sorry. Yeah. Hannah Brown, your show is horrible. <laughs> All right. Let's talk All to right. Danielle. Well, let's talk to Danielle. Okay, guys. So I am here with Danielle Druin from Love is Blind, which I watched in like three days. <laughs> like, And the crazy thing is you may not exactly know who she is. That's the thing. Because you see or the few first few episodes. And then it's like, well, where did they, where did she go? And some other people. And Danielle is here to talk about her really unique experience. Hi, Danielle. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So tell us like, okay, you went on this experience. Why? And and you had a crazy experience. Why did we not see the rest of your journey? I think that's like the first question I have. Like, where did you go? Yeah, it, it was like so crazy for all of us whose story didn't get shown, right? Because we were very much so involved, just like everyone else. We were going through the same thing that you saw on TV. You know, we were getting filmed just as much, um, all the interviews, and like we even got engaged, like wow. got engaged and we had the reveal and we all thought that we were going to Mexico, you know, like. Yes. Like the whole time, like I, I went through this whole process, like everyone else. And I was like, I put myself out there and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get engaged. It's crazy. You know, thinking, okay, I'm going to start planning my wedding. But then they came to us the next day and they were like, so we had no idea what the show was going to turn into. We didn't think there was going to be this many engagements and you know, unfortunately, we don't have enough crew. We don't have the funds to cover that many storylines. Mm-hmm. So they said that they randomly had to cut some stories. Okay. All right. It's like so, a production thing. And they were like, yeah. How 
you know, and I remember seeing you in the beginning because you stood out to me because you have an indigo aura. So I remember seeing you and I'm like, oh, they have an indigo. So like um, indigo, and you can tell me if this like resonates or whatever, like super emotionally psychic. Like you really do pick up on other feelings. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, that's perfect for this situation mm-hmm. because like, that's how indigos fall in love anyways. Like, and, and you have the ability to feel someone's presence and energy, like more than other people, you know, without boundaries. How do you feel like that related to, I guess, like getting to know everybody in the past? Wow, that's so crazy because no one has ever told me my like aura color before, but like spot on, like literally that's who I am. And I've been that way my whole life. So for me, just being on the show, I was really excited about this process because I've never been into online dating. I've never done it. Every relationship that I've like built in my life, whether it was romantic or, you know, friend or family is like been off of some serious, like solid connection because just like, that's how I form relationships. Like I, I'm not into this like social media lifestyle and these like fake, you know, I don't know, just like these fake lifestyles that people are presenting nowadays because I yes. can see through all of it. I yes, see people who they truly are. That's indigo. Um, so I was excited, you know, I was like, this is like a great opportunity for people to just like bring these walls down. And I feel like I can finally connect with someone like easier than having to like go through that process with them because we were all very vulnerable. You know, there was they made it very safe. It was a very safe place for people to be themselves. And I think a lot of people weren't ever used to doing that. You know, they, they had to look a certain way, talk a certain way, you know, come in with their flashy car or, you know, their posse and this guy makes this much money and this is this, you know, it's like none of that was important, you know? So for me, it was actually really easy to build connections. And I started I started building connections right away and I already knew in the beginning, like who my top were. Like it only takes me a couple minutes to like feel that true like personality, whether, you know, it's something romantic for me or just a good friendship, you know? So I already like figured it out after my first day of dating. And, but it's funny because Chris actually had, Chris, the creator, he actually had mentioned this um, later on in an interview when people were asking like, Hey, what happened to Danielle's story? You know? And he was like, Oh, Danielle was like an interesting character for the show. Um, she actually connected the most with most of the guys. And through the beginning of the storyline, it was confusing. He said that it would have been confusing to viewers because I was connecting with a lot of men early on. And, um, I guess a lot of men were putting me at their top and then, and it was crazy because, you know, I'm, you, I'm sure you know, but I was involved with that, you know, kind of like love triangle. I was falling in love with two men. Two men were like 100% just in it for me, Rory and Matt. And, Rory um, and Matt. Okay. Because we saw Rory as the one, he was always giving like advice to the other guys. Yeah. It was so, and it was a little awkward. Like when you're watching it, you're like, who is this guy? Like, he's, just as a viewer, it's like, well, he knows so much who's. And, you know, and he's talking like he's got it figured out. So, like, what? You know, it, it did leave the viewer a question. So, Rory, you were connecting with. Okay. He was actually my, like, instant first connection. He was my first date I had. Wow. So, like, I was very nervous going in. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And as soon as, like, I opened that door and I sat down and I heard his voice, I knew right away. I was like, wow. Like, this guy is special. And um, I think that's where we both connected because we're both empaths and we're always like trying to put other people first, helping others and helping others get through their situations. So we were really connecting on things like that. Um, And it's funny, yeah, because all the viewers thought that he was like a plant, right? Like he was a therapist in the house trying to just like help people. (laughs) Like a guru, like a love guru. Yeah. (laughs) So it kept people wondering. They're like, oh yeah, like you said, if, this guy has it all together. Like, where's his like, story? Like, what is that about? It was a loose end, you know? It really was. He's green. He's green, but he's got 
indigo too. I think it's hard for two indigos to make it, I have to say. So, you know, just because like all the feelings and all the conversations and all the, I mean, I don't know what happened between you two, but like when I see you, like the green in, you, in him with you would work, but I feel like his empath side, which is great. And it was probably like great for connecting. I feel like in the real world, it's like, all right, you know, like, I don't know. Like, it's almost like, did you guys just kind of friendship out? Is that kind of what That's happened? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Exactly. I, I truly love him. And I cannot say anything bad about that man. Yeah. Like, he's an incredible person. But like, after we, so after they told us like, hey, you know, you're cut from the show. Like, Weird. we were like, what? We we're like, so what do we do? Are we still engaged? And they were like, well, whatever you want to be. And we we're <laughs> like, what? You know, so we took a few weeks and we were like, trying to figure things out and we took a trip to Miami mm-hmm. and just dur- and like everything went great like we had a great time in Miami but just during that trip I realized I was like I don't think I don't think he's my forever person like it didn't feel to me like in my soul just like the right fit for somebody that I was going to spend the rest of my life with you right. know I just just didn't feel right yeah you just didn't feel that soul it. connection playing out past yes that. Right. Do you think like you two were like a lesson for each other in vulnerability? I think so. I think it was a stepping stone for both of us. Um, I think during this process, I became so much more vulnerable. Like I definitely have had many walls put up and I wasn't even like allowing myself to truly connect with people that deep the last few years because I had a really bad breakup and I was like, I don't even want to I don't even want to get to that place. Like I wasn't even trying to show anybody my like true self. Right. Um, so during this process, like I did that. And wow. so, I mean, it, the whole thing truly helped me like for now where I am in my life and my healthy relationship. That's all. That's, I, it's so interesting to look at you. Cause I, okay. So before you came on, I got like a picture from before, you know what I mean? And then like during the process and then like, you know, now I see you, you know, currently. And what's interesting is I'm pulling it up because I have it on my phone. When I look at your pictures from during the process, um, I see there's kind of like a bit of blue in there where it's almost like, I'm your purple too, by the way, but like you're really... I think you're naturally just more indigo, but like, anyways, but they're, you're wearing like blue and like, I'll talk about like inauthentic colors sometimes. And when you talked about like not wanting to get so deep with people because of what happened in the past or whatever, like, I feel like you had to shed like that inauthentic energy color, which is like, you're nice and, and people think they know you and you're friendly, but there's this little wall against it kind of like going all super deep on you. Mm-hmm. And I see like, cause I'm looking at this picture from, you know, one of your still shots from the show that blue is like hanging on by a thread. So it's interesting, but you were also willing to like kind of go there or go deeper or take the armor off or whatever you want to call it. And now I'm looking at you now and you feel like so much, like I own my feelings. I own my emotions. I own my vulnerability. There's strength in articulating it, you know, like it's, it's so the indigo is like real confident looking. Whereas like in these pictures, just your color, like the color I see is like less confident looking. It's kind of shaky. Yeah. So that's cool um, that you describe it that way. That's just how I see it too. But like, so what, ha- all right. So you're with Rory. You're like, okay, like, how do you have that conversation with somebody like, you know what? Like, this isn't forever for me. Like, how did that happen? I, it was weird, honestly. Yeah. It was like, so we had got back from Miami and we kind of like had to settle back into our life. So like we started working again and I started like seeing my friends again and Mm -hmm. family. And then I, and I was telling them, you know, partially, I couldn't tell them everything that like what had happened during the experience, but like my close, close people in my circle, I was like, Hey, you know, um, I don't know if I'm engaged to this guy. Like, is it real? Do I pursue this? And like, I remember when he asked me, he was like, do you think you should move in? And then that's when the things clicked for me. I was like, wow, this is really fast. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I just started freaking out. Honestly, like I was freaking out. It's never a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, 
Rory, I just, I need time. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen after this. I, I mean, I true. I don't know. I have no clue. I was like, I need my space. I need time. Like, I think we should just be friends right now. And I was like getting thrown back into the real world after yeah. being in this crazy situation. Um, especially like, I still had feelings for Matt. Like I was still okay. right. also Matt Thomas, right? Matt Thomas. Okay. Yeah. So I felt honestly like a horrible person because I was like, yeah. how can I be in a committed relationship with this amazing man when I still have feelings for another man as well? Like it didn't seem healthy. I was like, I need time to think. Right. So we just had that conversation and he was so chill and he was like, okay, cool. You know, I think you're right. I think we do need time to just kind of like sort everything out. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he is really a great guy and he's so understanding. So like everything went pretty, it went okay, but I knew he was hurting, but you know, he never like said anything to me about it. Uh, but that's when things got interesting because, um, that's when like shortly after that, Matt and I started just like chatting again. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, we had, we had met after the show like yeah. in a group setting with everybody who didn't go on to Mexico. We all met for the first time and I met him and I like, I went in there with Rory <laughs> holding Rory's hand, like wearing an engagement ring. And I see Matt and I was just like, <sighs> yeah, the feelings. Crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over- and I had overwhelmed. So overwhelmed. And I, I told him, I was like, Hey, we need to talk sometime. And, um, so then later on, we, we started talking and, you know, we just sat down for like, I think it was like five hours and we just wow. like, we talked through his experience on the show, my experience on the show. I told him everything that had just happened with Rory and yeah. how like Rory and I are taking a break and like, just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I think, I'm, you know, I think I'm done. And from there, we kind of just started seeing each other and like friends situations with people from the show because we were all like really clinging to each other after everything because we were like who else understands what the heck you just went through really yeah we couldn't tell people we were like we're still dealing with a lot of stuff yeah Um, so that just kind of blossomed on its own into a relationship and um things started to get really serious wow yeah it's interesting like the whole thing with Rory versus Matt not to like make it like that it's just that like just to like backtrack a little bit like Rory and he's green shoots I feel like he like green people do this like they'll set their sights on something and be like okay this is it and I've decided Mm -hmm. and and they don't really vacillate so much so I'm sure and you probably would agree he has the same conclusion that you do now that it wasn't for the best or whatever yeah so like really like because you're indigo and you can pick up everyone else you know other people's feelings like at the time he didn't get it and now he does you know so you were like picking up the hurt but now I feel like you understand like okay we're in a good spot like we both get it he just needed a little bit of time to understand it or something mm-hmm. so I just I mean I just feel like, like when I look at you guys together you just have more friend vibes like you, you actually have like a soulmate thing but like with a friendship like connection. yeah like you'll probably always that's have actually that. how I how I feel about him I'm like we we went through something that was so big and I feel like I truly felt him for like who he really was as a soul and so I don't think we're ever gonna lose that connection no it feels really strong and powerful but now when I look at Matt that feels a little more angsty to me even before you tell me what happened like I get this thing with him like he could kind of get a little edgier about the situation and I feel like there's a part of you because you're purple too and sometimes like I this is I see this with purples a lot like they're like okay like when I feel stuck I'm gonna do something like freaking drastic or whatever and not that it was drastic because you had a it seems like you definitely had a relationship with him from like the pod and the show and how many hours by the way did you spend with these people like a lot I mean through the whole process like the date started off shorter because we were dating more people okay but then as it went on we would our list would get smaller right so it's like we started off with everybody but every day there was an elimination and like they would calculate it off of who we were most interested in and who they were most interested in. And it would like calculate this list for us. And like, 
we would have an elimination every day. So oh. as the, the people got less that we were dating, dates got longer. And oh then we started having after hour dates. And then we were dating till like late hours of the night. And oh, wow. they start, I think the creators started to explore just, there was no like real rules at the time because it was still a new show, the first season, you know, more time to talk. So then they were like letting us talk till like three in the morning. And oh my gosh. So, I mean, we were talking, I mean, towards the end of the experience, like we would talk probably sometimes like five to six hours a day collectively, maybe more. Wow. That's mm-hmm. a long time, you know, like that's like a lot of talking. That's like a lot yeah. of bonding. So yeah. So you had a relationship. So you, you had these, this time with Matt. So it's like, you had a lot to like hash through or whatever. He just feels like he could get a little angry, like, not take it as well as Rory. Let's put it that way. That's kind of what I get from his energy. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, and I feel like, I, I realize you're not with him, but I get that the way that it, and I don't know this, but I get that the way that ended, he would be a little bit more um, snarky about it than Rory is. So, all right. So what happened with Matt? So, like I said, when um, I had my connection with Rory on the show, it was yeah. automatic. I knew. And the connection I had with Matt, it grew. So mm-hmm. I didn't have those same first initial like sparks right away and the strong feelings but then it grew to something more and then towards the end is when I was really struggling like okay now I I I have feelings for two men and they're both very different very different so I was connecting on two different kind of levels you know Matt is like very adventurous and he's spontaneous and he lives a more of a similar lifestyle as Mm -hmm. I was living and we started finding all these random connections like he actually lived across the street from me for two years and I didn't know we that's were so neighbors. Weird. What? We that's crazy. Met. Okay. Spirit signs. That's nuts. It was very weird. Yeah. So things kind of just like, and he wanted to like his lifestyle, he wanted to live and like how he wanted to raise children were similar yeah. to me. And like, I knew Rory and I were going to have to work through some of those things to have <laughs> right. like a real relationship later on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what happened at the end is basically engagement day. Matt said, Hey, I'm not asking you to marry me. I'm asking you to leave. I'm going to leave. Let's leave and just start something outside of here. Oh. And that's what he said. And I was oh. like, I told, I, and he told me he loved me. And I wow. was like, I was like, that's a strong word for me. I was like, I can't Intense. say that back right now. Yeah. I was like, I can't tell you I'm going to leave because yeah. it wouldn't be doing Rory justice to just leave without talking to him. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I have to have my date with Rory. And I, I truly didn't know. But, you know, what ended up happening, obviously, is like, I talked to Rory on engagement day. We had that serious conversation. And I was like, this, 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 and this. Like, told him all these crazy things. And he was like, none of it matters. Like, I want to share a life with you. Like, we can get through this together. And I was like, okay. And then we got engaged. So when Matt left, he was upset because yeah. he was hoping he was hoping I was going to leave. So then seeing yeah. him in person and yes. then he saw that I chose Rory. Yeah. He was he was very upset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's green too. It's funny because you kind of pick two green guys, but he's more green like purple. Um, mm-hmm. but they usually like more control over things in a lot of ways. Like um, even the experience himself, like maybe he thought it was going to be different than it was and he did not like kind of being a rat in a maze you know like maybe he really had an issue with that without you know maybe he saw it that way instead of seeing it the way that that you did which was more like oh this is a way to be vulnerable in a safe space instead of just like I don't know fishing in my dm box you know which is like worse (laughs) like at least I don't maybe you just didn't see it that way and and you're so I mean we just met but you're so genuine that and I feel like this has just been your whole life it's like people latch on to you and they all of a sudden yeah that's what I mean that's what I I can just see people being like okay you and it's because you really see people and you validate them so all of a sudden it's like you're always gonna be a lot of people who are like don't leave my life you like you you, you, I have to tell you everything I feel and you will honor it because I can tell that you care like you care and a lot of people don't care like the way you care you know and um it means something to somebody who really 
isn't used to being seen. So maybe that's what happened with Matt, you know? That's why, that's another reason why when I saw you, at, like in the first episodes, I'm like, what the hell happened to her? Because I was like, this is the exact person. Like, I, whenever I see your energy on somebody, I'm like, if I could bottle it, you know what I mean? And like, give it to people who struggle, I would. It's not hard for you to meet people. It's hard for you to, I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but it's hard for you to let people in. That's the difference. Like That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, and like how you said, I had plenty of opportunities and plenty of people who were like willing to have relationships with me. Right. But I'm like, I don't want that. I like, I had, I had walls up for being hurt and I could tell that they weren't, there weren't going to be it for me. So it's like, I didn't even want to give them that. And like how you said earlier, like people think that they know me, I'm very friendly. And it's true. Like I have these very strong bonds, but a lot of people don't really know me. Right. Like a lot of the stuff, you know? That I do know. And I think a lot of the listeners get that because I attract a lot of like the, the deep empath people who listen. And it's like, yeah, why my whole life have people think they know me, but it's hard for me to feel like I'm really like, like people, like I, it's hard to let people in when you're a highly sensitive person because mm-hmm. it's such a, a freaking investment of your time and energy. People don't get it. Like you can't just do a lunch date, you know, like it's, it's always a therapy session. Like there's no yes. small talk. Like, mm-hmm. so it's hard. So, and, and like, I think with dating, it's like, you can kind of see what's coming down the pike better than they can. So it's like, we're not going to work. And like, it's not negative or jaded. It's just, you can tell. So it limits the pool. So you're not, you're not a serial dater, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, I can. And so that's why I was like, this experience was like built for somebody like her. Um, but it's just what they said. They just had too many people going on. Mm-hmm. So, but you're in a relationship now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're very happy and yay. I'm so happy. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Well, that's really good. And okay. I wanted to ask your opinions on some of the other couples, I guess, because you know them so well. Yeah. But who, who was like another person we didn't see? There was like, because there were so other people we didn't see. Lexi either. and Wesley, they got engaged and we didn't, we didn't see their story. Oh man. See, they should have done like a part two, like just sort of yeah. like, like a little like, and the people you didn't see what happened with like, wouldn't that be cool? Maybe they'll still do that. I, I mean, like- there was a lot of amazing stuff. I mean, honestly, for the viewers, people saw, I swear to God, like 2% of what really happened and how, oh, how no. much happened. There were so many emotional moments, raw emotional moments. And it wasn't just, um, you know, the love triangle with Barnett and Amber and Jessica. Like, there was, everybody had multiple people that they were, connecting with and we're struggling like who is it you know I mean Jessica you don't see it but she also had really strong feelings for a guy named Taylor and Taylor was there all the way to the end and Taylor he was the guy that was like I'm a virgin but he was joking but they didn't show that part right okay see that's and I feel like we all kind of felt that because the end of the show is so very different than the beginning and like I think the thing that draws people in is like this worked like this Work like when I watched it, I was like, Oh my, you know, I see things in colors, so I'm like, Oh my god, there's so first, there's so many color things going on, and then second, it's like that this actually worked is puzzling for people, but you could tell how genuine it was like, people really didn't need to see each other to get that invested, like, probably more invested than if they were seeing each other, way more invested. Like, I can honestly tell you, way more invested. I have never experienced. I mean, like I was with all the women, like we're always, always together, like 20 hours a day. We were active. We only slept three hours a night. Like we weren't. Is it like a sleepover? Like 20, like we have to talk. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was just like, we were always either dating or interviewing or getting ready. And there was just no time to sleep. Right. And, and it was so like, to actually, and the, everyone was honest and true. And it was like, mm-hmm. to hear everything going through all of these women's head, like, I think I found the one, like, I'm really about ready to marry this person and like, talk about spending a life with them. And like, I have a big group of friends and, of women and like, you don't hear people talk like that no. until, I mean, even sometimes women who've been with their boyfriend for three years are like, eh, I don't even know if I'm really gonna, you know. Uh. It, it's so, true. It was, so everybody, it was like amazing how it like was working and 
Um, they, they obviously tapped into something there. And I feel like that would be really cool if they had something for the regular folks, like, like, yeah. pod, no, seriously, like pod meeting, like mm-hmm. pop-up shops or something. I feel like we need, yeah, we do be some like cool venue. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to see them, but like, I don't know, the time that you invested in it though. And then like the isolate, cause they probably make you give up your phone and you can't like, oh, that, right? we had nothing. Right. We actually, so they took our phones. Um, we weren't allowed to listen to music, watch TV. Like we weren't allowed to like read books because really? we couldn't. Yeah. Cause they could, we didn't, couldn't have certain things on camera. Like if okay. it was copyrighted or something. So it's like, we couldn't just like read books. Um, we couldn't go outside. We were only like going outside like half an hour a day. Like we wow. were seriously focused on this experiment and it's like, we, I, they did it on purpose. Like they didn't want us yeah. to be distracted, you know, like they didn't want any distraction. They didn't want us like tuning out. Like if we had music, people would probably tune out their emotions, but like yeah. we were forced to sit with our emotions and yeah. actually like work through them. And it's people like don't quarantine. Do that no, we are yeah. doing it all now. And that's why people are freaking out. It's like mm-hmm. a quarantine situation. Yeah. You had it. How many months was that? Like, or how long was it for? Like, how many weeks? The, the whole process? Yeah, like it was just a few the pod. Weeks. Okay. Yeah, a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Wow. So people fall in love in like just a few weeks. Yeah. Nuts. It's okay. true. Like, but I mean, I knew that I was falling in love in, in like probably less than a week. I was like, it, it happened fast. Isn't it amazing? Like when you're that present for yourself and mindful with yourself, how much quicker things can move along, and like what oh, in our yeah. lives could we, you know, focus that energy on and do the same thing with like career or just organization or just finances or like, you know, isn't that, it's, there's a lesson there. Um, I guess like Lauren and, and Cameron, like what was, what was that like on your end? Like, how did you see that unfold? It was, they're so, so their relationship is exactly what people see. Like Aww. it is, it's truly that beautiful and that sweet. Like, for me experiencing it with like Lauren on her side, you know, when she was going through this, like she knew like the whole time that Cameron was the one and she was very secure in like set in that and very comfortable. And she was, she wasn't scared. I mean, probably a little bit, but she wasn't scared about getting engaged to him. And she wasn't, you know, she didn't know that he was white and, you know, like she was black and like, I, I don't even know if they, they maybe knew that at the very end. I don't know, but like things like, and she never even dated a white guy. Before. Isn't that crazy? Um, yeah. It was just everything so different. I remember they so made different. that like a thing on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jessica, I guess like Jessica got, I, she's yellow and purple. So I always feel bad for her because she's like yellow people, but she, she wasn't comfortable with both her colors. So like yellow people are like, okay, these are all the things that I should do. And this is what life should look like. And then all of a sudden it's like her emotions pop in and do the exact opposite. And I feel like she needs help merging them or something, <laughs> but like it came off horrible on camera. So I kind of felt bad for her, but what, what was like knowing her in life? Like, like what was that about? That's actually something that really bothers me about the show, how they did the yeah. editing, because I can honestly say that like Jessica is an amazing person and she yeah. was actually the the first woman that I connected with and probably had the strongest bond with, like she had my back, talked me through everything that I was going through and we did the same for each other. And she really doesn't seem like that in real life. Like with this, I mean, I didn't spend time with her after they went to Mexico, but for my experience that I personally saw during that in the house, like she was not, she was not what they showed. Right. Like she was, she was drinking the same as everybody else. Right. Like, you know, like she had a couple, a couple of nights, you know, that were very emotional, had a couple of drinks. She's honestly, I think just a lightweight. It's not like she's excessively drinking. Right. I think she, I think she just like a couple of glasses of wine get to her faster than some people. Um, but she was going through a lot. She was very emotional for sure. Mm. Like, yeah. And then it got it got even worse for her, obviously, once after they went to Mexico because they people don't talk about this, but her dog was actually really sick and her dog was in the hospital for two weeks during filming. And that's like her baby. So that's her baby. She was yeah. a rat. So oh that that contributed a lot to it. Yeah. But 
I mean, she's, she's a human, like everyone else. And she, yeah. And she was going through a lot and like it, they just chose to show more of those moments of her than the real kind, like sweet Jessica that she also is. Yeah. She seems very nice. I, I I think with yellow people, sometimes you can catch them saying things that are Mm -hmm. very direct and she talks to herself. I'm sure the same way she talks to the camera or people are just like, that's the way it is or this or that, but like Mm -hmm. on TV, if they edit it and skew it. And then like, if she's not hundred percent comfortable with being kind of messy looking, like I'm sad or I'm emotional or this is hard. Like it can come off a little bit like but I, I did like, she was entertaining. You know what I mean? To watch. Mm-hmm. And she's entertaining for me because it's like such an extreme, the color combination. And I'm like, I just wanted to scream through the camera, like be comfortable with your purple, like, which is like your yeah. more emotional or like this part of you that's like, you know what? I'm not into this or I don't know, or just like own it instead of like mm-hmm. be sure or whatever. Like you can be unsure. Like that's okay to stay. I think you understand that. Like it's okay to like live yeah. in a moment where you're like, this is confusing. And I'm just going to sit there and now you, you teach yoga, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like a whole yoga thing? It's like, no, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like exactly. notice how don't control it. Notice it like that kind of thing. Yeah. You can't control it. Like, no, right. that's one thing I always hear. People are like, I'm not good at yoga. And it's like, no, you're like, it, you're not trying to force your body into certain things anyways. You're just like, you're doing what you can do. And right. it's just yourself it's for your mind it's for your spirit it's not like a so I can throw my head over you know my neck <laughs> like what <laughs> I know I just, when I do yoga because I'm not good at yoga but I do it anyways I'm always like I always remember like just observe my feelings notice where I'm at notice where I'm getting perfectionistic notice blah, 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 blah. like and I think it's the same thing like with our energy it's like notice what you're feeling and you don't have to change it or anything you just have to like look at it or whatever which couple like was there anybody in the in the house like you just didn't mesh with I mean you get along with everybody but like was everybody kind of like on the same page was everybody like friends was somebody like an outsider like was there anybody who everybody had like an issue with or Mm, all the girls got along pretty well like you see a little bit towards the end like obviously with Amber and Jessica things got a little heated right but dirt During the inside of the house, like the girl side, I think was a little more tame than the guy side. I think in the beginning, in the beginning, beginning, the guys had a little bit more like testosterone going on and like maybe thought of it more as like a competition, like in the beginning. Yeah. But then they all became like big teddy bears, super (laughs) emotional. They're all crying. Yeah. It's funny. That's how men react to like, you know, I have to be big man and let's do Mm push-ups and stuff. And then they're like, oh my God. And then Rory comes in and counsels them. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh my God, they're just like the girls. Yeah. I just, it's amazing. Like all those guys together, you know, and you kind of, it could be tricky. Like, cause obviously some people are just easier to talk to than others, which is going to up their, um, you know, their, the, the competition a little bit. So I'm mm-hmm. like, how do, how did the women handle that? How did the men handle it? But it seems like you guys kind of all, because they didn't really show any cat fights, you know, except for no. attention, which really was just more like, I don't know if it, it, it didn't seem that bad. It just seemed kind of awkward. That's like, mm-hmm. the, like a little awkward, but other than that, you guys seem like too, you were all very honest about what you were going through. Oh yeah. I honestly can't say there was like one fight at all with the girls like I can't even think of one time like not once like everyone got along really well and we honestly like didn't a hundred percent know how serious people were until the very end about like who they were really wanting to like, okay. get engaged to right so and at that point there there wasn't really too many crossovers except for you know what you saw with Amber and Marnette and Jessica like and that was kind of the biggest thing be honest but I think on the guy side that there was a few people like you know I'm nice and and I enjoyed conversation with everybody but there was people like right away that I was like wow like (laughs) I had (laughs) I had one one date with Carlton oh god and I was like (laughs) what is this guy trying to sell me like I felt like he was trying to like sell his that's how I felt like my first impression I felt like he was trying to like sell himself as a package like I I don't know like almost like an entertainer like that's kind of what it felt like and 
I was like, I'm just not feeling this vibe. Like we yeah. only had one date. That was it. That's why you have, see, and that's the thing, like you're indigo and I feel like people who are um, empaths, you know, which I, like, I don't know if you listen to like my podcast, but it's like purple, blue, indigo, and turquoises. Like, and though, if you have one of those colors, which is just like a highly sensitive person, like you have to listen to your emotions. So it's funny because Carlton was trying to sell you something, you know, that he was trying to sell himself something, you know, which is probably what you picked up on. And it's just crazy because you got it right away. Now, somebody else might have been like, okay, I get it right away, but, and then they talk themselves out of it because they would like that to be true. You know, like I would like, I would like that to be true. Um, I felt so bad. Like, I think just, and you must too, like when you watched it back, just seeing Carlton's journey and stuff like that, like I felt so horrible for him and that playing out on camera, like with the whole bisexuality thing and whatnot. And that was something that I feel like was probably triggering for a lot of people watching it. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I felt so, it just felt so bad. For, like, when you're dating somebody, you have to listen to those feelings anyways and ignore the parts of you that want to heal them because that does not make a good relationship. Like, oh, I'll fix them. You know, they're trying to sell mm-hmm. me stuff. So but it sounds like that's what you, you, from your past relationship, when you're talking about being hurt, you learned that you know, like you yeah. learned that, like you have those two. So what do you feel like for people like you're okay. So you went through the craziest dating experience ever and you were engaged and you had to break it off. And then you went after something. You're like, let me make sure there's no loose ends. And you know, that was Matt and that didn't work out. And then you found your love that you're with yeah. now and you're very happy. And, and what, would your takeaways be for people who are looking for their love? Like what lessons did you learn hard that you can tell other people? Maybe they can pick it up. (laughs) Yeah. So I think collectively from all of my experiences and all of my relationships, but I mean, I know for sure just this love is blind experience is what really made it click for me. Right. And the way things ended with Matt were not good. Like he, he, he broke my heart. I was so like, I was shattered for months. And I just, he, he was like making it seem like so much more than what he actually wanted. Mm-hmm. Right. He, I felt like he was definitely just stringing me along and he was kind of like selling me a fairy tale. Yeah. I, I met his family, like talking yeah. about having kids together. Basically, it ended bad. He, he wanted to be in an open relationship and Ew. he left to go to Paris with some girl like a week later. And I was like heartbroken. I, and I, it, I was, and he actually like, I found out later on that he had left with a girl the day after we ended things. And he was at the bar with her two nights after. And I was there with my friends and he was there with her. And this wow. was two days later. We didn't see each other, but yeah. like, if I did, see, if I saw him with her, like, I would. So anyway, there was just like all these things, and I was just like so hurt, and I was like, yeah. I just can't believe that. Like after everything we went through, this is what you're gonna do. Like, right? I gave you everything. Yeah. Um, we're cool now. Like we patched things up. We talked it out. Like it's been a long time. Right. And you know, I just understand now. Like I can't have expectations. Right. And I think that I had expectations for a certain kind of relationship. And I, you know, I, even though he wasn't honest with me a hundred percent and all of that, I can't be upset with him for what kind of life that he wants to live. And it's just, we're not on the same journey. Right. Yeah. Okay. So coming to full circle, it's like random how it all came to, to go, you know, like, my boyfriend that I'm with now, we've been friends for like over seven years. Isn't and... that how it always works? Yes. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. So he's always there. He's always just there. He was always there. And we yeah. had like a solid friendship, like had so much fun together, but it was never anything else ever. Yeah. And then he moved away to North Carolina. And then I only saw him like time and time again. Like, um, one time we were both traveling through Europe, like on a random note and I was in Paris and he was in Paris and 
we were like, what, what are you doing here? And we ended up like traveling for a couple of days together. And it's just like, we had some really special like memories and, you know, even though he was still living in North Carolina, but so after my like breakup with Matt, like we started talking shortly after and we were, we were friends and like hanging out and like catching back up and just like bonding again for, you know, probably like four or five months before we started dating. Cause it was like that. Okay. Do we ruin a friendship? Like we both knew we had strong feelings for each other, but it was like me finally, finally being completely healed. Right. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, no one's completely healed, but right. finally ready again. Mm-hmm. And you know, completely healed from the Matt situation, the Rory situation. And I learned so much from that. And I could finally like open my eyes. I felt like it was like a flip of a switch. Like wow. I, I opened my eyes and I was like, wow, like he is the full package. Like, what am I doing? Like, he's actually everything that I've ever wanted in a relationship or a human being. And he's like, so honest. And we have so much fun together. And he's so kind. And He's, it's like, I can't ask for anything better. And I think it was like, we didn't even really talk about it. It was just like this moment where there, like I said, a flip of a switch. And then we started like dating and like happily ever after, you know, it's been like, I love that almost a year now. Wow. That's a, that yeah. is great. I mean, it sounds like you, you know, got vulnerable with Rory. You had the worst thing that you could think of happening to you happen with Matt. <laughs> And then, (laughs) so it's kind of like refacing the trauma, the fears. I get hurt when I'm open. This is what happens, you know, like the pro, like the whole self-fulfilling prophecy thing, whatever you played Mm -hmm. it out and you still got up again, you know? And, and then when you did that, you found something, you know, exactly what you never knew you really wanted, you know, like exactly what you were looking for, but it took kind of like a lot of breaking open and, and vulnerability and, re-traumatizing and you know to get back to it so it sounds like you took the lessons where they were and you just kept getting back up you just kept getting back up and I think that that right there is like when I look at at your journey and and like I just feel your presence it's like you have this feeling of you're okay inside meaning that you're going to attract the same stability outside and that's what you did you know and and you you tested it with these guys and it's good you know it, it found it found its way back to you in a mirror-like way. Danielle, thank you so much for coming. Where do we find you? Where do we follow you? Where do we thank hear you so what you much. have to say? Where do we yes. go? Okay, so I'm mostly on, I'm not too big on social media, but I'm mostly on Instagram. And my Instagram is I am underscore Danielle Rose. Or you can find me on Twitter as well. And it's just my first name, Danielle underscore Druid, which is D-R-O-U-I. Great. I look forward to hearing more of your story and I, hope Netflix, I can see Netflix doing some sort of follow-up. I really can like just for like what the heck happened to these other people, you know? Oh and yeah. Like for sure. Cause we're like wondering, I know we're wondering. Um, There's so much content that they could release. Yeah. That even people would love it. It's, there's it's a lot of stuff out there. Like I learned so like, I feel like, cause I don't, I'm married. I've been married forever. So I'm like, I felt like I could vicariously date, which was interesting, <laughs> kind of weird to say, <laughs> but I was like vicariously like in the rooms with you guys, like, mm-hmm, you know, and like, I would love like more of that. Like that's the stuff yes. I loved the most. Like, what mm-hmm. do you talk about? Like, what do you do? Like, it's like so cool. Thank you for being so vulnerable and coming on. I really appreciate it, Danielle. Thank you so much. I, this was great. I love talking to you. Oh, great. Thanks guys for listening. Please feel free to reach out at the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. And always, I appreciate those five-star reviews. Thanks guys. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.